0: Hey hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. <sighs> the Cubs lose. 3-0 to, to the Cincinnati Reds. Um, first time the Cubs were shut out all season. Fun little fact if you didn't know that. Uh, but now the Cubs fall to 25 and 19 on the season. Uh, I am panelist Ron Luce, and I am joined tonight by Justin Kelly, sir. Initial feelings, what are you thinking?
1: I mean, your side hit it right, hit the nail right in the head. This was a game where, you're they're like, either, like, Garvish has been really pitching really well, and you're like, oh, okay, this is the game. He's going to slip up, and he might do a little tailspin at the end, towards the end of the season. But once again, he showed his true colors again. He had that rough first inning, and he come back out and struck nine. Struck out nine people. It's like you expected him to fall apart. This is a completely – that was like – this is the only highlight from the game is the fact that Darvish did not go back to what he was two years ago, or even last year really, the beginning of the year. is following like, – when it wasn't working for him, it was flat out was not working for him. And that's great to see because we're going to need him not just this year. We're going to need him next year and potentially even longer than that um, to be the one because there's not really another guy in this rotation you think. You look at and like – yeah, Hendricks has shown – he has great stuff before. It's usually at home. Mm-hmm. But Darvish has done both. He's done it well at home and on the road in tough situations. So, clearly he's the guy for the next couple of years that we're going to rely on heavily uh, for that rotation. Offensively, it was a flawed game. I mean, Bauer is really good. But still, it was just like one of those games where, like, all right, we're probably going to get no hit. And then we get three hits and, what, the bottom of the eighth? More or less.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a weird game, man. I mean, like you said, seven total combined hits between both teams. So it was literally it was kind of a snooze fest all around. Uh, all three runs in the game scored in the top of the first, right out the right out the gate for Cincinnati. So you know it's not really even like you know if you didn't watch tonight's game, you didn't really miss much. So, um, but it, it it's kind of one of the games that Cody and I actually just got to talk about yesterday against the same Reds team and that was, you know, the Cubs just kind of coasted. You know, it was just one of those games like the Reds just kind of coasted. And it was like all right, that kind of sucked. I didn't like it, you know, and it's not what I wanted. And you know, that's exactly what happened. But we'll uh, we'll quickly get to the scoring summary here and then we'll uh we'll we'll dive into, you know, some of the highlights and I think we'll we'll inevitably start with Mr. Yu Darvish. But uh this will be a really short uh scoring summary ladies and gents because in the top of the first, with one out, Mike Moustakis hits his fourth home run of the season. Okay. Castellanos and Jesse Winkers were both on base. So the Reds go up three to nothing. And that's it. That's all. That's it. That's the tweet. That's the offense tonight, folks. I mean, it was nothing. Um, you know, all of a sudden in the second, Darvish comes in, strikes out the side. He, he was dialed in then. He actually had a quality start. You know, on paper, that's a quality start. And the crazy part about it was is he still is your losing pitcher because Bauer was just unhittable, apparently, tonight. Um, and, and we'll quickly look at that here. Darvish is your losing pitcher. He is now 7-2 and two on the season. Uh, in six innings tonight, he gave up two hits, three runs, walked three, struck out nine. His, his ERA is still a 177, ladies and gentlemen. Like, most people would be like, wow, he had a really good night and they lost? And he'd be like, yeah. And it's like, wow. So, you know, then you look over at the Reds and it's Bauer, four and three. You know, he's coming in 500, even though he had the spectacular ERA and K numbers. He was coming in 500, but then he just came out and shoved a night because in seven and two thirds, he gave up three hits, but no runs, no walks. And he struck out 10. And he'd lowered his ERA now to 174, which is now giving him, I believe, the ERA lead because Max Freed is on the I.L. So, uh, Bauer now has the ERA lead for the NL this season, which greatly improves his chances of potentially getting the Cy Young. Uh, don't get me wrong. Darvish is still very much in the conversation. You know, they still at least have, what, two more starts left? Um, maybe three uh, before the postseason. So, there, there's chances. But then... Um, We'll we'll just cap it there, and I think that's where I'll turn it over to you, Justin. Is you know just initial reactions on both sides. You know you can break down Darvish first, Bauer second, combine, do whatever feels natural. But just what are your thoughts, you know, on the pitching performance tonight? Because let's be honest, I mean, 19 strikeouts between the two of them is still pretty impressive.
1: Absolutely, Bauer had 10, Darvish had nine. It was just kind of those games where you like, like you'd see something like back in. Like that early like 70s or something like the late 60s, just a pitching duel, just a bunch of baseball purists love this game. tonight I, but um, I mean, like you said, like they're both really, really talented pitchers, and they're both most likely going to be in the top three or four for Cy Young Award winner with Degrom voting this year. I think, I know, I don't know if I was a voter, I would take the fact that where Darvish was at and where he's come from type of deal. Because we know what Dugama is. We know what Trevor Bauer can be. Like, Darvish, this is, like, extremely shockingly, this come out of nowhere, really. Like, we expected that him to maybe to progressively be better, but no one really thought, well, he's going to be a Cy Young winner this year. So if, if I'm not trying to be biased, but I would probably lean towards more of Darvish because what he's gone through to get backward of being an elite pitcher... Um, for this season, especially, um, but any of those three could really walk away with it, or be a close race to win it. You, you
0: are. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I mean, I was just gonna go talk about Darvish Like, he just added another fastball. So that's like what, thirteen pitches?
0: Something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. You can
1: go. Yeah, no,
0: it, it, it's it's wild, man. I mean, uh, what I was gonna say is my my little bit of my tinfoil hat take. Uh, was going to be that the MLB won't let Bauer win the Cy Young because the, he always calls out the MLB and Rob Manfred. So that's my uh, my tinfoil hat take for the for the evening. But you know, I mean, it's something to consider. I mean, yeah, it's a very tight race, and like you said, I mean, Bauer has already been kind of proving that he's been so so great, and Darvish is this like bounce back, you know, almost feel good story in a little bit of a way. Uh, And then DeGrom, like you said, just kind of the staple guy. And they're like, oh, do we really give it to him again for like the 18th year in a row? You know, so it's like, meh, I I could see them leaning away from that. But, you know, really, that wasn't the only good pitching in this game. Like we said, it was it was a very much a snooze fest offensively. Um, You know, all three of the Cubs hits were given up by Bauer. And then, uh, you know, the four Reds hits, two of them were given up by Darvish. So, you know, we fast forward now into the bullpen. Uh Jordan Osich comes in. He pitches one and a third. He's been really good. For a guy that they claimed was just this lefty specialist after he was traded for. Um the fact that, you know, he's been like a one and a third guy a couple times now, and like good one and a third guy, kind of impresses me because he did give up one hit, but no runs, no walks. He struck out two. Um and he he's got a five eighty nine ERA now. And then Luke Adam came in and finished off uh that eighth inning then. Uh, he had a clean stat line with the strikeout, so no hits, no runs, no walks for him. Three thirty-three or three thirty-eight, excuse me, is now his ERA. And then, yeah, you know, Craig Kimbrell even came in in the ninth then and, and pitched a clean inning, besides for one little hit, uh, no runs, no walks, and he struck out two. So he he brought his ERA all the way down from like damn near you know the legal driving age in the United States of like sixteen. He's brought that thing all the way down to like seven point three six now. Is exactly what it is. So, um, you know, and then even on the other side, Iglesias gets his sixth save of the season with a clean stat line, and Sims with a clean stat line. Like I said, neither one of their relief pitchers give up um, a hit, a run, a walk, or strike anyone out. Just clean, beautiful stat lines of zeros. So, you know, what what say you, Justin? Just especially on the Cubs, I think bullpen performance was spectacular. Again, quality start and quality game, really, if you look at it just via, via you know, the pitching column. Um, but obviously, you know, the hitting really screwed him over. So I'll turn it right over to you, man, and let, let, let's get your thoughts. I'm
1: going to bring up the bullpen and another thing. I'm going to talk the bullpen first. So basically I was really happy when we got O'Shea because I was like, all right, cool, we need a really good left-hander, and I feel like he's got that potential. Um, and he's so far shown that. And then you look at Kimbrell. His last seven starts – his ERA is a 2.38. It's like this guy is somehow midseason. I'm not saying completely revetted himself. Is somehow midseason in a weird season. Somewhat try to figure it out. I'm not saying, hey, throw him back in there. Bases loaded. Two outs. Game five of the NLCS against the Dodgers or something like that. But if he's pitching like he was before he went to the Red Sox or a 2017 Red Sox, yes, put him in there. But that has to be a really – you have to build his confidence in those types of situations. That's what most surprises me the most is how well Krimblos has adapted to his new position in the bullpen that quickly. He's a guy that was a lockdown closer, and that was his position with the Braves, with the Red Sox, and when we signed with the Cubs, you, when you get that mentality, you know you're the last guy out there and they're looking at you and say, at this point in your career, like, yeah, no, that's not you anymore type of deal. You have to get work your way to get back there, and he's somewhat shown he can. he's trying to put the work in. I, I give him a, a, a pat on the back for that, just right off the bat. It's the fact that he's able to accept his new role.
0: Yeah, I, I guess, I yeah, kudos to Kimbrough, because this part of it's not on Kimbrough. But it's just, if he's not going to be that role, you can't be paying him $16 million mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, that yeah. just... It isn't gonna go well. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just can't can't let that happen. And unfortunately, yeah, he's he's the lockdown guy when games are close, but the Cubs are losing. Like, but he can't lock down a game that the Cubs are winning, and we saw that already. The one chance he got to do that this year, um, but you know, Jeremy Jeffers has emerged as this you know star closer now, essentially, and Roman Wick is kind of his trusty sidekick. It's like Batman and Robin back there at the end of the bullpen. You know, those two are the last guys in a game, especially if the Cubs are holding on trying to win by, you know, three or less runs. So, you know, it's it's just – I it's not unfortunate for Craig. It's just it's unfortunate for the, the financial position of the team of, you know, this guy who's really just kind of that, like – he's like the best team in the loser's bracket, if that makes sense. And he just, like, comes in and shuts him down when it's close, but there's no guarantee you're going to win the game, you know. So it's it's just unfortunate. I don't want to pay a guy like that sixteen million. When Cody brought it up, I believe on last night's podcast. So I have to bring it up yet again. Um, that sixteen million is ultimately what Nick Castellanos got. Um, you know, had we be able to foresee the future and know there was a DH spot, it would have been like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Let's pay Castellanos because uh, then he would have been swinging for the fences at Wrigley every day um, as a probably a DH. But nonetheless, neither here nor there. Um, No, great points, man, all around. But I think it's a good time right now to turn it over to the hitting now. I mean, we talked about it. Quiet bats all night, folks. Um, I need to clear my throat for this one because this one's going to take me a second. Ian Happ, 0 for 4, three strikeouts. Wilson Contreras, 0 for 3. Rizzo, 0 for 4, with a strikeout. Baez, 0 for 4, with two strikeouts. Schwerver, 0 for 3, with a strikeout. Uh, Caratini was 1 for 3. Hip Hip Hooray uh Hayward was one for three with a strikeout hip hip hooray he's still batting 301 now best on the team actually he's the only guy over 300 Ian Happ has now dropped to 287 still has an OPS though of a beautiful 1022 um after Hayward David Bodie because Chris Bryant got scratched because his elbow blew up on him so that's concerning and we haven't even talked about that yet so that's definitely getting spoken about um but David Bodie at third base 0 for 3 with a strikeout hip hip hooray and Vargas, the new guy, goes one for three with a strikeout. So hey, I guess a silver lining: the new guy got a hit. Um, that I'll admit, I know nothing about. So uh, it's just a weird, weird game, man. And 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 so I want to turn it over to you. Give me all your thoughts about this Cubs lineup. Take as long as you need. I gave my thoughts just by reading off the stats because that's literally what my argument would be: was they were awful, they were garbage. A couple of guys got a little pip, a booper, hip hip hooray. Otherwise screw it. So tell me about that. And then tell me about, let's get into this Chris Bryant concern as well about this elbow. Cause I feel like we could probably fill a nice little five minute gap here in this episode to let that just ride.
1: So, I'll I mean, I honestly, this land is very lucky. I mean, extremely lucky. What, how hot they got to start the season. And the fact that the Brewers have struggled, the Reds have struggled. Every team in this division struggled and this team and this lineup is extremely lucky. The Cardinals have to play, I think, what four more doubleheaders against really tough teams that they might not even like struggle against them. This te- like they're they're taking so much. They're taking there's I wouldn't say there's they're taking a lot of pressure off this lineup to, to exceed. But like, can you imagine if the Cardinals didn't have to, you know, miss all those games because of COVID, and they were nipping at our heels? Or they are nipping at our heels right now. But they were. I mean, neck and neck. I mean, they didn't have the double-headers. You know, they've they've gotten a lot of lucky breaks this season. And if this was a normal season, I mean, a lot of people have been foreseeing a potential blow-up or collapse. I mean, it's looking like it's kind of – I don't know if it's really leaning towards a collapse right now. I really hope it doesn't happen, especially with Brian out. But it's really leaning towards another collapse, and I really, really do not want to see another collapse.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it last year. They collapsed um and missed the playoffs and i don't want to see that again because i mean thankfully the rest of the division's awful so there's still a good chance they get in but it's just like especially with the expanded playoff but it's just like i don't need that disappointment and that collapse it would be almost like 2018 reminiscent where they had to go to a 163 and then you know lose and play in the wild card game and lose so it's like it was stupid, and yeah, we don't want that again. So I agree, man. I, something again, I'm gonna go back to it too. I, I applaud Ross for trying a little something different. Only reason he did though is because Bryant was out, but he put Contreras up in the two hole, and still nobody did anything. So they really need to shake up these three, four, five hitters. I Hobby does not need to be hitting cleanup. Rizzo does not need to be hitting third. Give me Rizzo in the leadoff spot. Give me Ian Happ in the two hole. I want to see Kyle Schwarber in the three hole and Wilson Contreras in the, you know, four hole, and I want to see Bryant in the five hole and Hayward in the six hole and then Javi in the seven hole. (gasps) No, yes, spread out the lineup because clearly whatever juju is going through their heads right now in this current order they're in is not working. It's just it's like the joke of like a you know when somebody's overthinking stuff. Um, I believe it's from the movie Tin Cup. For anybody that maybe has seen that, um, you know, when the when the the caddy is like, okay, so I need you to touch your nose, turn your head around backwards, um, you know, unstrap your your glove, uh, untie your left shoe, um, put your keys in your right pocket, and he's like, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm just trying to just just keep you from overthinking it, and it's just like, you know, that's what needs to happen with the lineup. It just. Stop overthinking it, that you have to have it the exact same every single time these guys go out there. Switch it up, just play around with it, and hopefully these guys ignite and, you know, spark, like, a match. And just get going, because otherwise it's going to be very, very ugly. But, yeah, man, that Chris Bryant news is is really nerve-wracking, because, you know, there's already a guy who's battled so many crazy, weird, lingering, like, not super severe injuries. And this just fits that bill. And I was like, I don't need another one of these. Not when this guy is going to want $300 million because then we go back to that argument that I think you and I have had at least once. Uh, Cody and I had it. Justin Wasik and I had it of just who do you pay then and how much do you actually pay them? Because it's like Cody and I joked last night's episode, uh, thankfully after a win, that like these guys are playing so bad like nobody's going to want them for the price they're going to be asking for it's like are the cubs going to just overpay them a little bit from you know their depleted value to just keep them together and see what happens but like you got to pray then that something crazy miracle happens like a 1980 u.s olympic hockey team type thing and you know just pull together maybe a free agent or two that come in and spark it like a a castellanos potentially or something of that nature so it's like i don't know man it's I'll 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 turn that back over to you, Chris Bryant injuries. Ugh.
1: I mean, I know him and I mean him and uh, Bryce Harper have a stage and Scott Boris will always figure something out. I know Boris was playing that same game with the Nationals, basically extending him year by year to avoid arbitration and stuff like that. Do I? My thing of it is, I might if the cup if Chris Bryant comes back next year. I'm not saying this year comes back and has. In the identity of the old Chris Bryant, I wouldn't be surprised the Cubs might offer him a short-term extension. Maybe two, three years? Maybe. Not like we're not talking like that $300 million deal, 10-year type of deal he would have gotten because of the health issues. Maybe a three-year deal, and it'd probably... I don't know what number figure to throw at, but I wouldn't say... I wouldn't give him... I wouldn't, Right now, I wouldn't give him a deal longer than five years, tops. Because you don't know what his health is going to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's it's scary too because he's so young, right? He's still what twenty eight. I don't even think he's turned twenty nine yet. So it's like this guy hasn't even he's you know he's the same age as Nicholas Castellanos. He's the same age as you know Javi Baez and Wilson Contreras. Like these guys are all still very young for baseball years. Yu Darvish is what thirty four. I want to say at least thirty three, and it's like. You know, they're still young guys and they're spring chickens, and it's like, but if he's not going to be healthy, how can I? You know, how, if he's not going to be able to stay healthy in his prime at 28, you know, getting that dad strength now, and you know, survive past that, I, I, I agree with you. You can't give him anything outside of his prime. You just got to pray that gets it turned around in his prime, and then see from there. You, you lock him up in his prime, and that's it. You know, maybe I would even argue maybe no more than four years. You know capture that 29, 30, 31, 32 seasons, and, uh, or, and then 33 season to have, like, a player option. So could it really even be a three-year contract? Just, I agree. I don't know. It's it's a rabbit hole that I don't know if the Cubs have given me enough juice to talk about tonight. Um, I,
1: I mean, you can make the same argument for Hobby right, right now. The fact that he's so much in his head right now, you look at him like, dude, how much is he going to keep digging – in his own mind and let things go. And it just feels like he's not comfortable at the plate right now. It's like he's so much inside himself that he doesn't know how to get out of it. And you're looking at him like that could last another year or two. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, like you're looking at him like, I think you look at him now and you're like, man, it kind of reminds you of 2014 hobby when he just first came up as a rookie. And you're like, wow, he's really, really regressed that far. And that takes a lot to come back. Look at Hayward. When he comes 16, it took him a year and a half, two years to get him back where we thought he could be. I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know what his mental state is right now. Clearly, he's very frustrated. You can see it when he's, when he's especially at the plate. I don't know. It's just a tough decision to do. Do you extend him and he's just as bad as he is now? Or you extend him and you're like, whoa, he's back to that guy that was in 2018. Right.
0: Yeah, and that was, you know, um, I'm going to go ahead and plug his article again for the second night in a row. But Brian Mischler wrote an article about, you know, if you look at the the numbers, you know, Javi Baez has really never been an elite hitter outside of that 2018 season. But that being said, you know, could he ever get to that level again? Or is that a fluke of what Javi Baez really is? So um, I 100% agree with everything you said there as well. Uh, well, Justin, I will uh, just turn it over quickly to you. Any final thoughts on this game? Um, and then we'll go ahead and, and put it in the rearview mirror and, and look for a series win with tomorrow.
1: Honestly, I mean, outside Kimbrel and the other bullpen aspects of it. Well, and Darvish. I, like I said before, Darvish's ability to snap, reset, take a breather, and get back locked in. I'm really happy the fact he was able to do that. That's, that's my biggest takeaway is the fact that it seems like he's back to normal. That Darvish that the Dodgers traded for in 2017, they could push for the World Series. Glad he's back to that now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what what is still a quality start and for a lot of pitchers in the major leagues would be one of their better starts their entire season. Darvish did it as, as his worst start. So I agree with you there. Uh, that is definitely a silver lining from this game. And to me, it's the only silver lining. Um Truth be told, and maybe Osage, you know, and, and a little bit of Kimbrel with kind of that saltiness to it that we talked about. So, um, yeah, totally agree, man. But I think it's time to put this one in the rearview mirror because the Cubs can still win the series tomorrow. But before we get to that, I do want to remind all of our great listeners that Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. You can find all of our literature and podcast needs, wants and desires about all of your favorite Chicago sports teams. At www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We got you covered everywhere. Uh, we have great Cubs coverage. You're listening to some of that right now with myself and Justin Kelly. Um, you know you can get great Bears coverage, ladies and gentlemen. The countdown continues. We got we got NFL football tomorrow. When you're listening this episode in the morning, inevitably on Thursday, we got NFL football, baby, and the Bears play on Sunday. Make sure you're following our guys over at Bears on Tap because they will have you absolutely covered with all the Bears news uh, that you need in order to, you know, be successful as a fan, Uh, a well-informed fan, we'll also add. Um, But also, you know, we got Bulls and Blackhawks, both of those teams, big off seasons, um, you know, about their going forward uh, success, you know, I, I guess we could say. And then, you know, Cubs fans, we got them all. They're having a good season too, so your friends are definitely being vocal about it. We all have friends that are Sox fans. Bring them your way as well. Uh, we have some great Sox coverage as well here at ONTAP Sportsnet. So, once again, Sportsnet on the interwebs and at Sportsnet on social media. The On Tap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. All right, here we go. So on a beautiful Thursday, September 10th, 2020, shout out to my grandparents. It's their 60th wedding anniversary. Um, the Reds will pay visit to the Cubs at beautiful Wrigley Field in Chicago, Illinois, for a 7.15 Central Daylight Time first pitch. Uh, so that is Chicago local time. Uh, 8.15 for all those in the Eastern Time Zone, like our boy Juice. Uh, and then we'll count it backwards from there. 615, 515 for everybody in mountain and Pacific time zones accordingly. If you are in the Reds' radio and TV areas, you can listen to the game on WLW700 or watch the game on Fox Sports Ohio. If you are in the Chicagoland Cubs market, um, in both facets that we've already mentioned, you can listen to the game on 670 The Score or WRTO Radio 1200, uh, or you can watch them on Marquee Sports Network. So... It's, it's an interesting I'm not gonna say it's a pitcher's duel, but it's an intriguing pitcher's matchup. Let's put it that way uh, because the visiting Reds will trot out Sonny Gray. Uh, we talk about how good bauer has been this year. Sonny Gray has been not far behind because uh, Gray is five and two on the season with a 319 ERA and 56 Ks already. He has been pretty pretty spectacular. Um, and the Cubs got the youngster going. They're finally giving him a shot to start a game that isn't a doubleheader, seven-inning game. Albert Alzali, um, Alzali in what, maybe two or three appearances now, uh, is 0-1 with a two oh eighty ERA in 12 K. So uh, it will certainly be intriguing to see that pitching matchup tomorrow. So Justin, I'm going to turn it back over to you really quick. Um, you know, give us a preview. Of what you think about tomorrow's game? What the Cubs need to do in order to win? Um, you know, and then before you uh, signed it off for the night, would love to know who your fly to w player of the game is.
1: Uh, I think it's... it's. I mean, the identity of the game is probably going to have somewhat the same. You know, Advert's got 12 strikeouts, and, I mean, he's going to be a key part of this rotation, hopefully down the road. Sonny Gray's having a bounce back here, uh, though he kind of got beat up against the Cardinals last time out. I think he went, like, Faced like ten batters and gave up like sixteen runs or something. Like, I don't know, something ridiculous or something like that. I,
0: I got it. I got it quickly for six, you. Here.
1: Six runs. Six runs. That's what he yeah, he
0: faced he faced ten batters, recorded only two outs, having allowed six earned runs, five hits, and three walks.
1: I mean, uh, maybe the Cubs catch him again. I mean, though it's kind of hard do that do that to a type of pitcher because he still ha- he has that mentality. Bauer does. He has a bad start. Most likely next time out, it's going to be really, really hard to hit them. Um, I, I expect tomorrow's game to kind of be an ideal situation type deal. Whoever gets on the board fast, it's going to be really, really tough to come back. And all the Reds really got three today. I would say the first team that really scores tomorrow has a high advantage till the bullpen starts to play, because Adbert could probably go at least five. I would think in five. Yeah. He's, he's done it he, he, in the past. He, last year, he'd come up and pitch at least five innings. I'm not saying it was great innings, but five innings. innings. To get, yeah. yeah, five innings to get us by and give us a chance to win the ball game. So, like, I'm expecting a really low-scoring game, maybe through five or six, and then see what the bullpens do. And, and, and that goes with Sonny Gray. If we get to him or really work his pitch count, make him draw a lot of walks, and he's got to be pulled at the same time as Advert saying goes for us our offense we got to really get to that bullpen um but like i said you know i really expect the cubs really to pick their pace up they were giving a lot of breaks at the beginning of the year it's time to yes if we play 500 ball we're gonna make the playoffs but we really want to win the division we want to have the second or third best record in the nl that's what we want. We don't want a wild card. We don't want the outright bid, like second place team from the central, because the game, the series is gonna be a lot harder. It's only a three game series. We would rather have to win the central. So I, for my, and I, I'm gonna lead into my flight fly, fly to W. I'm, I'm gonna go with Albert. You know, it's a new pick. You know, I think he's, I think he's a young guy. He's talented. It just needs to snowball. That's what a lot of these young pitchers need. It needs a small snowball into consistency and giving these opportunities this year will potentially help him down the road. And I feel like tomorrow's will just be another stepping stone for him.
0: Yeah. I love that analogy by the way of the snowball uh, that I really enjoyed Uh, nicely done. But yeah, man, you you brought up a lot of great points, right? And um, this is an interesting game because you know, Sonny gray and, um, you know, still a great pitcher. And we've seen Alzali has shined before. Like, he's, we've seen the potential that's there that, you know, I think, you know, Theo and company in the front office are so enamored by um, that he's survived all these trade rumors for years now, it feels like. You know, he was kind of on his way up. But, you know, Cody mentioned it yesterday as well. You know, it's whoever gets that first run is probably going to win. And that's exactly what happened in tonight's game that we just recapped. You know, the Reds scored first and early and then that was it, because then both pitchers settled in and coasted, you know, and the bullpen's did enough to, to keep getting by. So um I agree with you. I think if they can get to Gray in the fashion that the the Reds got to Darvish tonight, um and that the Cubs got to uh, you know, kind of a little bit to Molly even, uh in the first uh yeah, in the first game yesterday, um you know, with Kyle Hendricks you know all of a sudden you know there's that chance where they you know both pitchers can settle in then and uh but as long as you get the one early and or at least like you said they're in the position to win the ball game that's all you can ask and then you got to beat up on the bullpen so I agree with you wholeheartedly a lot of good points I'm just really intrigued to see what Alzelay does it's his first time this year not pitching as like that 29th man um so I'm really you know intrigued to see how he feels as a 28th guy not a 29th guy and you know, if he takes that chip on his shoulder to prove this team that, hey man, I should have been up the whole year. I don't know why he left me in South Bend. So, I'm hoping he can come out and do something like that. I think he's a great pick. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. But I, I look through and nobody in this Cubs lineup has ever really been good against um, against Gray. It's it's kind of disappointing. Uh, the only guy that has been good is is in very minor level of a, of appearances. So. I'm gonna go ahead and actually take Ian Happ uh, as my Fly to W pick. He's the only guy that has above uh, 200 average. Again, oh, uh, 214 average. Sorry, against Sonny Gray, and he's betting 333 in three appearances. I, it's just I see big number, and I think at least he's got short-term success. Maybe he can carry that into long-term success. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take the switch-hitting Ian Happ, the host of the compound. Um, all his other titles, coffee maker whatever you want to call him uh, and NL MVP candidate um, things of that nature I think he's going to be my guy for Fly the W and if they get a big win tomorrow I think he'll have a lot to do with it so uh, that'll be all good then in the world um, Justin, final thoughts?
1: Gotta win gotta win tomorrow that's my only thought you have to win it goes to all... It, everything ties together. There's a reason why this team started off at, what, 13 and it was really hot. Just, we can't have three straight years of collapses. That will lead to a destruction of the team, probably this year. If they collapse and flat out miss the playoffs, I don't... I, they, there's been rumors of this team falling apart or being deconstructed in the last two years. There's a... I'm serious. They would probably move someone if it just... Another collapse with two weeks left to go. It probably will happen.
0: Yeah, and it, it certainly wouldn't be on Ross either, right? I mean... No. And that's that's kind of where I'll just extend my final thought then of, you know, it wouldn't be on the manager because this, this core has been here for, you know, for the most part since 2014, 2015. So um, it's, it's been a couple years and, you know, you get the one World Series, but this team was that dynasty. And we've just never really lived up to that. And I agree, man, when you get rumors, you know, deconstruction since, you know, 20, what, 18, it serves its concern. Uh, so I agree. Just got to win, um, you know, and just, just got to remember what you got in store. Get this one against a, an okay Reds team because you got oh, all of a sudden oddly hot Brewers team um, starting on Friday that you're away at. But then you got an off day, but then you got the Indians and Twins. With a little break in there with the Pirates, and then you got the White Sox to close out the season. Like, there's a legitimate possibility that the White Sox could determine your fate of whether you win the NL Central, or you're the second seed, or if it's close enough, if you're a wild card spot. I mean, and Cubs fans definitely don't want that. That'll just add to the you know severity of the collapse. So, uh, I know I went a little off the deep end there to, as a final thought, and, and I'm gonna blame Justin because he tempted me that direction. Uh, but no, nah, I was thinking it as well, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, I just, that's how we're feeling, Cubs fans. Hopefully, uh, the crew that's on tomorrow night, I believe right now, early preview I can give you who's on. Uh, I believe it'll be myself and Mr. Brian Michele, uh who we haven't gotten to hear from in a while. So it'd be good to hear from him. Uh, from myself, Ron Luce, and Justin Kelly, we appreciate you listening and we hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast production despite the outcome of tonight's game. The Cubs do drop uh, the second game with Darvish on the mound against Bauer uh, by final score of 3 to nothing. despite a rough first inning for Darvish. Uh, he gets dialed in and they both look like Cy Young candidates once again uh, in this one, but that was all it took for the Reds to beat the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs Reds trot out Sonny Gray tomorrow, uh, and the Cubs are trotting out the youngster, Albert Alzolay. Which version of him do we see? The one that struggled a little bit toward the end of last season, uh, or the one that, you know, in his debut was electric? Um, that will be intriguing to see. Um, we appreciate you for listening, like we said, and, and please like, rate, and review us on whatever uh, podcast platforms that you listen to your podcast on. Uh, be honest with us. If you don't think we're five stars, tell us why. We want to be able to get better for you, the fans. Because let's be frank, without you guys, we would just be talking for noise to fall on deaf ears. Uh, so that's that. But once again, I am panelist Ron Luce from my great partner here, Justin Kelly. Thank you, sir, for joining me as always. And let's get out of here. The only way we know how to, help you, man. Hopefully, with we'll a win tomorrow, and uh, let's go, Cubbies.
1: Let's go, Cubbies.
0: Are you a sports card collector? Are you looking to buy or sell your vintage cards? If so, contact Josh over at Midwest Vintage Cards. With over 25 years of experience in the field, Midwest Vintage Cards will pay you cash for your collection. Check out their eBay store by searching Midwest Vintage Cards or follow them on Instagram at Midwest Vintage Cards. Contact Josh at 847-602-8604 or email him at josh at midwestvintagecards.com to get your quote today.